probably wondering why we, why the pastor gave a microphone to an adult who's ADD who's not on medication. <laughs> um, let's pray real quick. Father, Dad, you're all our needs. As I do this tonight, Father, I pray that you prophetically speak through me, God. That if anybody here tonight is struggling with with any kind of demonic presence in their life, if it's attacking their kids, their family, their whatever the case may be, whatever it is, Father, we won. We have the victory because of Jesus. And as I lay out this battle plan tonight, Father, we're letting the enemy know today and now it stops. We are a praying church, and we're going to take back our community, our nation, and the world for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, spiritual warfare. Um, A lot of you might not know this, but I was in witchcraft when I was a teenager. Um, I got into the Ouija board, and I got into some pretty, pretty scary stuff, and it opened up a lot of doors in my life. Um, I got depressed. I was borderline suicidal when I was a teenager. And uh, I can tell you right now that stuff is real. I'm going to share with you some scriptures, and everything I'm saying tonight is biblically based. And all this stuff can be backed up by stories that I've experienced. I'm going to tell you two or three tonight. And a little clue about my insight, you always see me bobbing up and down in the corner. I don't, I don't want to distract anybody because it's not about me. It's about God's presence, about Jesus. But you don't know what he brought me from. You don't know I had a demon cast out of me. Sorry. So, let's go over this. Satan is a great imitator. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, that he's like, actually, I think it's 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, the Bible says, he's like a roaring lion. He's not the lion of Judah. Okay? And if you know anything about lions, they attack, they're scavengers, they're well-planned, okay? How many of you know that the enemy's pretty crafty at what he does? I know he is. Okay, I know for a fact he is, all right? In Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, and having in places. Satan's army is well organized and his legions employ an array of methods and schemes. We must prepare to fight. This infernal enemy exposes tactics. When I was in the military, anytime we were getting ready to deploy, we trained for months. Okay. You know, my, our, our command commanders and first sergeants didn't just walk up to us and be like, hey, oh, by the way, you're deploying tomorrow. Don't worry about the training. The same thing it has to be with spiritually. You have to keep yourself sharp. 
And the best way I can tell you to do that, the best way I know how to do it, if it was up to me, tonight we'd be worshiping all night to that last song. How I prepare for spiritual warfare in my life is I just sit in the presence of God. And sometimes I don't even say anything. And I just let his power, his presence just overflow me. Satan has a power structure to his kingdom. Okay? Principalities. These are what I consider top-ranking demons. Okay? These are kind of like the generals. I know they're real. I know they're out there. If you don't believe me, turn on the news. Okay? I mean, turn it on. We are living in a very dangerous time in the United States. Probably more dangerous than any time in history. All right. You have parents killing their children for no reason. You have ch- children killing children for no reason. Okay? And have you noticed that since Donald Trump got in office, we have a godly president? Stuff has started going through the roof? I mean, you hear about it all the time. We need to, regardless who's in office, we have to pray for our leadership. We have to pray for our leaders. Because God forbid someone makes the wrong decision, guess who it affects? All of us. All right? The same thing can be applied to the church. We need to pray for all of us. I am so thankful that I have a pastor who prays with me. You have no idea how comforting that is. That every Tuesday there are prayer warriors in that back room who are praying for me, who are praying for you, and you don't even know about it. That's a weapon. If you look in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, here's the situation with Daniel. And I believe that I believe this is probably happening here too. Daniel started praying. And so what happened was for three weeks he was fasting and praying. Then him and his bodyguards, whoever they were, they went down to the river. And next thing you know, an angel shows up. Daniel saw the angel. Okay? His guards, whoever they were, they felt the presence of God. How many of you have been in a situation before where you could see the very presence of God and felt the presence of God and other people around you were scared? I've been in that situation. All right? I've totally been in that situation. And Daniel's like, Lord, what's going on? And, And the angel said to Daniel, don't worry, your prayers were heard. Don't worry about that. But for 21 days, I was fighting the prince of Persia on your behalf. And Michael came. So this way I can relate to this message. I firmly believe, and you can't shake my mind otherwise, that we have gotten the principality's attention here at this church. All right? You can't convince me otherwise. There are people in this church whose warfare in their life has skyrocketed. Have you noticed that for a season at our altars, people were getting healed? People were getting delivered? Have you noticed that? And just like in regular warfare, the enemy takes notice of what happens at these altars. I know he does. So what does he do? Trust to throw those little darts back at us. How many of you know have been affected by that kind of warfare at this church? 
There's a lot of people there. We need to pray for each other. Let me give you a prime example of this. Um, Whether you believe it or not, this is true. Okay? Uh, We were downtown with my friend Nate. Okay? And so what happened was we we feed the homeless a lot. Uh, A lot of times we build relationships with these people. Some of these people are drug addicts. They're alcoholics. Some of them are veterans from Vietnam who never came home. And so one day, with, we're, I'm with our friend Rich. Rich is so awesome. We're one with, and keep in mind, when someone tells me someone's possessed, I take it with a grain of salt. I really do. Because there's a fine line between, yeah, you're possessed, and yeah, you just, you just need some help. And when he said this woman outran his car, I'm like, okay, you're going 5 or 10 miles an hour. He goes, no, I was going 30. I'm like, I'm like you got to explain this to me. And he said that him and his wife were ministering the gospel downtown, feeding the homeless, and this woman would come out of nowhere every single time and harass them to no end. He goes, I don't know what she was saying. She was speaking in some weird tongue, and freaky stuff started happening around them. Her name was Janet. I haven't seen her on the streets in almost four or five years now. Um, I'm hoping the last time we prayed for her, she got free. And so what happened was we were looking for Janet one night, and we found her. So what do my friends do? They know I'm the combat vet. They stick me with the crazy lady while they go inside the gas station and get Gatorade. That's friends for you. (laughs) And so, no joke, And I could feel something was inside of her, and I wasn't praying out loud. And I prayed that God would send angels to her and minister her. And every time I said angels, she'd go like this. She'd look at me and just smirk at me with an evil smile and just go like this. Just go like this. Every single time. And before we left there, we prayed inside the car, and I said, Rich, do me a favor. And he goes, what? And he goes, let's make the devil mad tonight. And probably from here, maybe to the back doors back there where you come into the front of the church, you can't hear what I'm saying without a microphone. I said, I plead the blood of the lamb in Jesus' name, and her face turned right towards me, and it changed, and I saw the demon inside of her. All of us saw it. It wasn't just me. Okay? From that day forward, we confronted the enemy, and she's been gone ever since. I'm really hoping and praying she got delivered. Here's the other thing, about too, about spiritual warfare, is if you're dealing with someone who's, who has warfare in their life, they have to want to be free. How many of you have prayed for a family member who's so addicted to depression or drugs, they say they want to be free, whatever the case is, but they're so addicted to those chains and they don't know how to let go? I'm not discouraging you from praying for them. Keep on praying. Keep on pleading the blood. Anoint them with oil. They don't have to know about it. <laughs> okay? All right? But there's going to get to a point and I've seen this happen before, too. People flipped out on me. There's going to come a point in your life where you're praying so much for that person. Two things are going to happen. Either one, they're going to feel the presence of God in your life, and they're going to say, you know what? I want what you got. Or two, the demon inside of them is going to scramble like crazy, and I've seen that for myself. All right? Very much seen it. 
Then there's powers, next-ranking demonic powers. The word powers translated into Greek means delegated authority, kind of like a policeman. I firmly believe in this military structure that there are certain demonic entities out there that are in charge of certain things. I remember, I think it was, not Mitzi Frost, but Patsy. Patsy used to work for the Sheriff's Department. And she told a story how when she was working there, she went on prayer walks. And what they started noticing is when she started going on prayer walks, some of these sections in Jacksonville, for some reason, all the drug addicts lived in one section. The next section, all the child abusers. The next section, all the rapists. And what began to happen is they began to pray over these communities. Guess what? The violence went down. That's the power of prayer, guys. That's the power of freedom that we have to offer to the world. All right? Romans 8.38, Paul wrote, these demons are trying to influence the souls of mankind. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. In Romans 8.38, um, I'll skip that. I'm, I'm, that was probably a typo. Paul wrote that these demons are trying to influence the souls of mankind in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. What it talks about is that at one time, we did serve the world. When we were unsaved, when we didn't know any better, you better believe we were serving a master. We just didn't know about it. And how many of you know that being Christians, there's only, there's only two sides. There's no demilitarized zone. You're either on God's side or the devil's side. You can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and say I'm a Christian Monday through Saturday and, and, and live however you want. It doesn't work like that. It, it, it just doesn't work. How I found to help me with that, because I'm a hypocrite sometimes. I'll be the first one to say it. All right. But what I found, and, and pastor probably knows this, and all our leaders and every Christian probably knows it here, but when you spend, spend time in God's presence every day, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's ten minutes, and half the time I don't even need to say anything. I just turn on some worship music. Why would I want to leave that? Think about that. In Hebrews, it talks about those who tasted the fruit of God become and they leave, they become reprobates. And their torture will be that much more because they tasted of the grace of God. Personally, I want to taste that every single day. I want to be refreshed in my spirit every single time. I love it when I'm a hard sleeper. I have sleep apnea, and I, and I take medicine to sleep at night because um, I have insomnia. But there are times that God will wake me up from a dream, and his presence will just be there. And it's like your heavenly father just saying Hi. How many of you ever that happened before? God woke you up. And he just wanted to say hi. 
He just wanted to send his presence there to say, you know, whatever you're going through, I'm here. This happened to my mom recently. Um, For those who don't know, my dad has had cancer. Um, He was healed from a whole bunch of spots, miraculously, in his lungs and everything. And then how many of you know that when you have a victory, the enemy tries to throw something at your feet the very next day, if not the next minute? They missed the spot in his lungs. They didn't see it. So they went to the doctors and everything, and, and, and it came back that it's cancerous. It's not malignant, but it's cancerous. And my mom, bless her heart, she's a worry wart. She raised seven of us. I don't know how she did it. I have a hard time raising one kid, let alone seven. For all you parents out there who have raised multiple children, God bless you. Thank you for not killing them. Because <laughs> I don't know how she dealt with me when I was a teenager. And so what happened was um, my mom was a born-again Christian, so was my father. And check this out. At 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, God wakes her from a sleep like that. And she heard the voice of God like me and you are talking. I'm talking to you for about five minutes. His first question was, why don't you trust me? Why are you worrying? Didn't I tell you I was in control? Now keep this in mind. God has, my, my mom is new to the spiritual gifts and everything. And she's had people who she didn't know who they were walk up to her in the middle of the street and start prophesying to her about my dad's healing. They don't know. She don't know them. My wife's pastor walked up to her, and they were talking, and she began to pray, or my mom's pastor. And so what happened as as she laid her hands on my mom, she began to pray for healing in our family. That's the God we serve. That's the difference between us and every other religion that's out there. We have something real. We have something tangible. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You are the very proof that God exists. Rulers of darkness. Immense ranking demonic influence is created order. These, the phrase rulers of darkness is translated, Jakey, I know I'm going to butcher this, but Cosmocrator, is that how you say it? Close enough? Okay. Which means to seize and to take hold of government for the kingdom of Satan. <laughs> Look at our politicians. And, and I, I am not going to get on a political wagon tonight. All right, I did. I'm not about that. But you can see the corruption in our government. When our politicians bend down to Sharia law, and they try and destroy the very constitution we have. And someone who stands up for Jesus Christ in Congress gets made fun of and is almost kicked out of Congress. You can't tell me that's not demonic. You just can't. That's why we pray for our Congress. That's why we pray for our leaders. In fact, uh, let's see this. This is relevant today with our political environment. Recently, now, this is just recently. This happened about two, two or three months ago. Recently, a politician suggested that the way to control climate change and overpopulation 
is to send foreign aid to countries for the sole purpose of abortions. That's disgusting. I'm not here to talk about pro-life or pro-choice. I'm not here to talk about that. These are the exact words that came out of this guy's mouth. And this is what the Bible says, Psalm 139 and 13 through 16. I'm adopted, okay? My biological father was Special Forces Marine Recon. When he came home, all he knew how to do was drink and get rid of it. My mom was a drug addict when she had me. Thank God they're both saved now. They're both living for the kingdom, right? Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You cover me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance. The minute you were conceived, you are God's creation. Before you were even born, he had a plan for you. Larry, he's got a plan for you. Patrick, pastor. If you think you've fallen off of God's radar somehow, don't listen to the enemy. He has a plan for your life. You have purpose. Through, through years of, of I'm going to say this right, evangelism, evangelism the wrong way, okay? Um, I'll go into that later time, but I thought I had to save the whole world. I really did. When, when I was baptized on Holy Spirit, probably around 22 or 23, I thought it was up to me and me alone to take this gospel to every single living person on the face of the and that if I failed and someone died or something, God forbid something happened like that, and I didn't get to them in time, I thought it was my fault. How many of you know wives have a lot more sense than men do? <laughs> All right. Miss Sue Webster raised her hand. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> when I met my wife, um, she told me it's not up to me to save the world. It was never up to me. It's my job to take this gospel and just present it to someone. And you know how to know how, how that happens? Just like David Rebar said, you have a blessed day. How many of you know that a simple, encouraging word can change someone's day? I, I know what it's like to be spit on. I know what it's like to be bullied. I know what it's like to be different. You have to understand, I failed first grade because I couldn't stop rocking. I was the very definition of ADD before they even knew what ADD was. (laughs) That's why I sit in the corner over there, so this way no one can see me. And I'm just like, you know, be bopping around, whatever. I'm sure pastors sometimes is like, what did he take this morning? (laughs) Red Bull. (laughs) Lots and lots of Red Bull. Um, No, I don't drink that. In fact... A little-known fact, for those who have children who have ADD or adults who have ADD, give them coffee, not not the stuff at Starbucks, okay? That has nothing to do with it. 
The caffeine stimulant inside natural coffee is the same stimulant they use inside ADD medicine. It's the same exact stuff. I hate coffee with a passion. If you give me an energy drink, I will pass out in 20 minutes. doesn't matter what kind it was. That's just the way people who are born with that, for some reason their brain gets overstimulated and they crash. All right? So don't ever give me anything like that. Spiritual forces of wickedness, the next raking demonic foot soldiers. This phrase literally means spiritual fakes. Some examples of these demons by names are Bezalabub, which is in Luke. Let me see right here. I got my notes up here. By the way, I have no fingernails. So you have to bear with me on that. Okay. Bezalabub and Abaddon, Revelation 9-11. The word demon means tormentor of the mind. We're going to talk about Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. It's the story of Legion. This is how I want our church to be. That we're so full of the Spirit of God. We're so full of His presence. We don't have to walk very far for someone who's tormented and vexed by a demon so bad they're going to come running at these altars for a cure. Right? Legion came running. Now keep in mind, this guy was breaking ropes and chains off of rocks. Now from my studies, I've read about stories about missionaries. These just aren't 200-pound rocks. Okay, These are giant boulders. These are like Hulk Hogan-sized boulders. Okay, All right? These people were chained up and roped, and they managed to break it. And he came running running to Jesus' at feet. And Jesus said, what's your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And y'all know about how we cast him out into the swine and everything like that. When I was in uh, Saudi Arabia, which I affirmatively call the infinite beach with no ocean, because when you're stuck in a desert, there's no ocean. And so we actually had a prayer walk overseas. We, it was run by the chaplains, and there was, there was every denomination there. How many of you know that when, how many of you ever been in a situation where denominations don't matter anymore? You just know that you got each other's back. And come hell or high water, you got each other's back. And that's all that matters. When you're, when you're deploying and you face an enemy that wants to kill you for no reason other than you being an American, trust me. When someone says, I don't care who they are, I got your back, that's a lot. Okay? But at any rate, as, and what happened, now keep in mind, and the same thing is happening today, that whole month I was so stirred by the Holy Spirit that something was going to happen. Three miracles happened while I was there. My roommate was a full-fledged warlock. He had the werewolf amulet. He had all that stuff. And so I began to dive deeper and deeper into the presence of God. I became addicted to Ron Cannoli. Who likes Ron Cannoli? Oh, man, I love that guy. And so what happened was one day I was praying silently. Now, keep in mind, my roommate and I, like I said, we had each other's back. But he worked night shift for 14 hours. I worked day shift for 14 hours. You can understand. We said, hi, bye, have a good day. 
right? That was, that was the essence of our relationship. And so what happened was I was praying one day silently in my head. I was sleeping on the bed, and he began to turn violently. And every time I said the name of Jesus in my head, he started to turn violently in his sleep. And so what happened was I thought I was praying out loud, and, I, and obviously, this guy just got off a 14-hour shift. I didn't want to do anything. I walked outside the room, and I'm like, wait a second. I wasn't praying out loud. Needless to say, about a week later, that demon manifested itself to me inside that room. Manifested itself right in that room. And I said, not today. And what's the one name I began to call on? The one name where every demon, cancer, drug addiction has to bow to. I began to call on the name of Jesus Christ, and I worshipped for a good hour in the presence of God, and that demonic spirit broke. It broke in that room, and it broke in that guy's life. Whether he decided to go back to that lifestyle, I have no idea. All right? Second miracle that happened. How many of you know you deploy at the Air Force? You are spoiled. <laughs> there you go. And so what, what happened was, now keep in mind, don't be jealous. You've got to do, be in the Air Force to do this. The first and the 15th of every month, we had steak and lobster. That's right. <laughs> and so guess what day it was? It was the first of the month, and I was ready to step into the chow hall, and God said, I need you to fast tonight. I'm like, you realize it's going to be another two weeks before I can have a decent meal. He's like, you need to pray for one of your coworkers. I'm like, who? He goes, Alexander. All right. I'm like, okay. It was my day off, and so I drank plenty of water. I wasn't stupid. I fasted through the night. I was sleeping. All right. And by the way, when you fast, make sure you do it wisely. Otherwise, you can hurt yourself. You have to be led by the Spirit. Okay, make sure you're hydrated and all that other stuff. Uh, two days later, I'm ready to hit the chow hall again, and their chicken nuggets or their chicken wings overseas are about that big. And it had all that Middle Eastern seasoning on it, and I was salivating at the door. And God's like, I need you to fast. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I need you to, I need you to fast for Alexander one more time. Okay. So I got off of a midnight shift. Um, we had to show up an hour before guard mount, work a 12-hour shift. We had to come back off of guard mount, which took a half an hour. We had to clean our weapons, which is another hour, and you get the whole idea. And so guess who showed up there? Alexander. And I looked at him. I said, I'm furious with you. And he goes, why? I said, I had to skip two really good meals because God had me fasting for you. He goes, what days were then? I told him the days. He goes, true story. He goes, the nights that you were fasting, I wanted to blow my brains out. I wanted to blow my brains out. But every single time I loaded that M16, I saw you and I saw your face.
when I came back from Iraq, I was suicidal. Because I didn't know how to stop the emotional pain of everything I seen. If it wasn't for my wife and my family, I'd be dead. Don't tell me that encouraging words don't mean anything. The third miracle that happened, all right, back to the prayer walk. This is the final one that happened. How many of you know that when God moves in your life and you're called to do all the things, you, you get drained? Just like a soldier that goes into the battlefield, you get drained. You have to rest. You have to, you have to take care of yourself. This whole month it was like this. God had me prophesying to people. It was like they had a giant email up on their forehead, and I was reading everything. And people started getting saved. People started getting delivered. The only difference between me and the people there, I was hungry enough to sit in the very presence of God and let him do all the fighting. All I said was, Lord, I'm available. That's all I said. Where this takes me, I don't know. How many of you know that you're not supposed to be in a fight you have no business being in in the first place? You can take a look at David for that. Anytime Israel went out to fight, he consulted the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And David's like, all right. And in fact, Israel, all the way through the Old Testament, they're like, all right, Lord, should we go this way or that way? And God's like, I need you to fight that battle because that battle doesn't belong to you. And every time Israel, no matter who it was, disobeyed God, what happened? They got sent home with their tails between their legs. It's the same thing with spiritual battles. Just because you're, you're called into something doesn't mean you need to solve the whole world's problems. All right? You just need to stand in the presence of God and let, and let him lead you. Those battles will happen. But when you're submissive enough to the Holy Spirit, and you're just listening, and you're just walking by faith, every time he gives you those battles, he lets those battles happen, he gives you the victory. And pastors are always talking about victory. We live in victory. I can't even tell you how many times stuff has blown my mind at these altars. Larry, your wife couldn't sing for how long? It wasn't your wife that had the stroke? Six weeks. Doctor said they didn't know if she would ever get her voice back. And she was she was trying to sing the song, Healing in the Glory. And like that, her voice came back. Just like that. We've had another person here at this altar. I might get this medical term wrong, but what's with the eyes? Demaculate generation? Did I say that right? All right. And she brought up medical records and everything. She said that, you know what? These guys want to give me an eye shot for the rest of my life. I don't know about you, but I don't mind needles, but when they come directly in my eye, I I, kind of, that's where I stop. (laughs) Okay? All right? And guess what happened? Our Tuesday, our Tuesday do group was, was praying and this woman was healed. I can't even tell, there are so many testimonies at this store, at this altar. What do we know about? That's a weapon. So, we're doing this prayer walk, and 
I, I didn't know this was going to happen. How many of you have been to a beach on a very hot day and it feels like a blow dryer and the sand stings when it hits your, when it hits your skin? Now, you also know in the book of Acts, all right, when the Holy Spirit fell, it felt like a cool, rushing wind. Same thing in Genesis. It was the cool of the day. All right? And so I started walking around, and this guy, and I don't know who this guy was. He said, can you pray for my friend? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? We're on a prayer walk, bring her over. As soon as she came over, the Lord told me there was two demons inside of her, one of sexual abuse and one of hate. And no joke, when I opened up my eyes, there were four angels standing behind her with their swords drawn. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the spirit of hate and sexual abuse were broke. And a cool rushing wind came in. I'm telling you guys right now, if you've ever been in the desert and it's blowing hot wind, there's no cool air. Just like what Bobby had happen on Sunday when the tent lifted 18 feet up in the air and nothing else was touched. I'll tell you something. God has a sense of humor. Okay? And when I began to do that, that woman was set free right there, and she cried and she melted in the presence of God because forgiveness was in her heart, and she was able to let it go. All right? From that point on, I wasn't used like that for two or three years. I had to stop and I had to rest. Those battles that happen, they're all in seasons. Every ministry has is just a season. You might be ministering somewhere, just a season. Pastor season, I hope, here is for the next 30 years. I mean, how old are you now? 80? All right. We'll, we'll keep you to 120 because we love you. So. <laughs> all right. Point to ponder. The enemy has tried to attack our families by generational curses. How many of you do? Okay. How many of you do, first of all, know what a generational curse is? When I mean generational curse, I mean alcoholism, drug addiction, sometimes mental problems. Um, Beverly, right? No, what's her name? Bev? Barbara Ann, I'm sorry. You told me you were set free during the 70s, right? 72 from a mental illness that traveled through her bloodline. She was set free in 72 and has been mentally healthy ever since. Don't tell me that this stuff isn't real. Just don't tell me that. Let's talk about the book of Job. Job chapter 1, verse 6 through 22, and then Job chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to take an extra five minutes. Is that okay? I have come to the point in my life where Satan cannot sneeze without God's permission. Let me, let me explain that. In Job chapter 1, he was escorted to the heavenlies, and him and God were just having a casual conversation. You know, hey, I whipped your tail. Why are you back up here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So... Satan's walking around, and, and, and God goes, I, I see you have your eye on my servant, Job. He says, yeah. He goes, I tell you what. 
if, if you just let me touch everything he has, he'll curse your name. Let me touch everything he has, his family, his flocks, his finances. How many of you felt like the devil has touched everything you have? Everything. At the end of that, Job never cursed God, lost his family, his kids, his cattle, everything. Job chapter 2, for some reason, Satan had enough gall to say, you know what? The kills are nothing, ash to ash. Let me touch his life. Let me bring him to the point of death. And God's like, you can't kill him. What, from my studies, I could be wrong, but it sounds like he broke out with anthrax. And if you know anything about anthrax, it causes boils on your skin. It causes them to ooze out. It was so painful to the point that he took like a cray, like a piece of clay, or started scraping it. Even the dogs took pity on Job. So what did his wife do? Curse God and die. He's done taking everything. And what did Job respond? Is though he slain me, he still is God. And at the end of the book of Job, what happened? He was restored everything. And let me encourage you tonight, for those who are going through the battle, and you feel like you lost everything. My son has recently come out from drug addiction. Let me tell you, that hurts. That hurts a lot, seeing someone you love destroy their life, and they know better. But he's saved. He asked me to teach him now, Sunday nights of Bible study in the book of John, once a week. I will take that over him getting arrested or him getting high and junk that doesn't belong in his body at all. That's the God we serve. One more thing, too. In James, I believe it's James 2.19, it says, you believe in God, that's great, but the, de- the demons believe and they tremble. Think about that. Sometimes we walk around like, oh, you know, I'm having such a hard time. And we have a pity party. We really, I'm guilty of it. Especially when I'm hungry. I'm guilty of it. (laughs) But when those trials come and everything, if I could just see what happens. And every single time we pray in Jesus' name, those demons start running. I'll be happy. I know it's happening. So tonight as we close, if there's anybody struggling with addiction, anything in your family, and you think it's a demonic attack, the pastor's here, Steve is here, Terry's here, everybody's here, we'll pray for you. And what you need to do is you need to let the devil know it stops tonight. So Father, we thank you for this time.